Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. everyone we're here today with Linda Nardelli and she has been on the path to spiritual um, mysticism since her early adulthood developing the inner listener and ever striving to embrace the divine in all life mystical intimacy her book evolved from Linda's respected counseling practice and her years of apprenticeship to Macedonia. You know what, Linda, you're going to have to correct me on on how I just said that last word. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I am assuming it means um, groups as uh, the groups of spirits that you channel. Is that right? Yeah, Masindia is the name. Masindia. It's a group. Okay. Mass India is a group of seven, um, seven spirits. So they're, they're a group soul. A group yeah. soul. 
you know, most channelers, channel groups, like oh, you okay. think of Esther Hicks that channels Abraham. Abraham is a group entity. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, so you, um, you say that uh, Massendia is a group uh, spirit. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you said that makes make sort of sense. And it's, um, from what I understand, and from what Massendia has taught me, is our spiritual consciousness is vast. It's multidimensional. And our human consciousness is denser. And in order for spirit to manifest, to incarnate in the body, it fragments. And fragments into more than one body. Therefore, it fragments into more than one lifetime. So the idea that we have a past lifetimes, has, it's really um, occurring all in present time. But the soul just cannot live just one lifetime at a time because its consciousness is way too large. You know, it's it's like using a funnel, you know, mm-hmm. a funnel in more than one container. You know, oh, <laughs> you know, or or hey, I have got a great metaphor that this makes it um, really simplifies this. Okay. Think of a group soul as being a forest. Mm-hmm. Which is the same thing with your own oversoul. Your 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 higher consciousness is not just like one tree, but it's many trees, and it's the forest, and the root system interconnects all the trees. and And biologists, not biologists. Oh, um, oh, what's the name for um, scientists that work with nature and the trees? There's a name for that, but it's not coming to me right now. There's been research that indicates that there's a communication that goes on with the root system and the and the fungus, the mushrooms, and their network of roots that interconnect the forest together. So that think of that interconnection as being the oversoul's communication, oversoul's purpose. But it can't it can't incarnate all of that in one body. It can't incarnate that all in one tree. So it grows many trees. And those many trees belong to that whole forest, that oversoul. And each of those trees is a, is, is a soul consciousness. And those branches are what we, we can refer to them as your higher self. It's all these mirrored lifetimes that give expression to your spirit. Hmm. It sounds very complicated yet. Very beautiful. <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. I know. Well, Matthew and Dia said, they just say, remember, you are more than your human nature. Mm-hmm. And our human nature, I mean, it's beautiful. That's what I, why I wrote this book, is to shed light on the beauty of being human, that it's a sacred part in the expression of spirit. And, and there are so many spiritual philosophies, teachings that aim to move beyond the body and portray the body as being kind of like the weak link in our spiritual evolution when really it's serving us, our, like our emotions, even our ego, our ego thoughts, and our attachments and our conditioning serve a larger whole, larger purpose. And so I love that. I, I, I try to remember that in moments when I'm 
you know, nervous, like, oh my goodness, I'm having this conversation with you. We've just met, and how are people going to receive this? And, and I just remember, I'm more than this fear, I'm more than anxiety, I'm, I'm more than this newness. Mm -hmm. well, and I find that comforting. <laughs> well, it, it, you, you're taking me to um, to some other things. It's it, it, it's something that's based in physics about all the different pieces and parts that have to come together within our our universe that are visible not and non visible to us that yeah. make us who we are just just yeah. just the body and the electrical responses and mm -hmm. now you're saying that it goes way beyond that even and yeah. while it's like my brain can't can't wrap it wrap around that but at the same time it's like that allness is like there, there's like a beauty to that and there's, yeah makes it makes it makes you wonder just how wonderful life truly is right <laughs> so oh i love that i know that it reminds me of you know the research on on our dna and how it's found i think it's three percent of it can be quantified. It two percent um, is has to do with our our everyday senses, the, the, our mind, our genealogy, and 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 what makes us operate. And then the rest is an incredible ninety seven percent. They used to refer to as junk DNA, and now there's more research that's exploring uh, the, this the, the the whole concept that we're made of energy. Yeah, and I liken that ninety-seven percent to our oversoul, to our 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 greater forest, yeah, our greater largeness of being. Yeah. So, how did you? I mean, how how did this all come about for you? That that you that you unfolded this mystery of of our spirit and our and our life and our energy. How did this come to you? Hey, that's thank you for asking that. It's it was an unfolding. It w has been a process. So, in my early twenty, well, I, I started art very young, very young. I was drawing since early age, and went to college for fine arts, and soon started to recognize that I was working with energy in my art, and I started calling my work energy paintings. And then I began to feel visitations when I'd be painting. I'd feel the presence of spirit. And for the longest time, I did little portraits, little pastel drawings of spirits that I saw in dreams or that would just come to me spontaneously through my drawing. And I would have these journeys, these dreamings, uh, visions of them, and contact with these other lifetimes. Sometimes my... Um, parallel lifetimes, and sometimes it be um, just a being that came to me for healing. Mm -hmm. Then I started therapy in mid-20s, and that opened me up that much more because the therapist that I found, initially I just went for hypnotherapy, but it turned out that she was had a very beautiful spiritual quality, uh, a half-indigenous woman that how she she recognized my intuition and she helped me trust myself. And she also helped me come out of hiding. 
I rec- she recognized that some of my coping mechanisms as a highly sensitive person and highly sensitive empath is that I, I just withdrew. So she, she helped me come out of that with tendency to withdraw. And the more I did that, the more I opened. The more I opened, the more I felt spirit. And the channeling itself came to me. It, it seemed sudden at the time, but it was actually gradual because I asked the spirits, how did this happen? I didn't set out to learn to channel. And they explained to me that I had, I had opened my channel through my art. Because as an artist, it ha- it was and it still is super important for me to me to get out of the way, to let the art discover itself through me, so to speak, to evolve through me. And I, I, I like to bring that kind of trust to life. I can't say that I'm always there a hundred percent, but it's my my intentions to really trust that natural unfolding in life. So it's a beautiful word that you use, asking me how did this unfold. I mean, you're intuitive. You, you, you knew in your question that this was an unfolding for me. Oh, um, it's something. It's something that I don't don't admit to readily because um, it's just something I don't admit to readily. But I I am a bit of an of an empath, so I do have I and I do follow my intuition a lot. Um, yeah, and. Um, I guess like you, it's taken me on, on a wonderful journey, but, um, which, which led me to you, which is, which is really cool. So, um, which leads me to, to this question though, because a lot of people who they hear about intuition, they hear about empathy and spiritualism and things like that, they they, they want to know how they can connect with their own soul, their own spirit in that same kind of way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. How, how does one go about that? <laughs> oh, well, there is such a desire to connect with spirit, to connect with one's higher self. I see this a lot in my practice with the integrative counseling, and I see that with people. So what a great question to ask. And ultimately, that's that's really was behind me connecting with spirit. As I had, I go back to my twenties. I had this strong desire, and I, I can't explain it. I, it, it. It's it's. I wanted to go back home to myself. And when I think of people wanting to connect with their intuition, want to connect with spirit, I. I'm going to paraphrase and call that, I think they want to remember who they truly are. Again, back to we are more than this human nature. And what I want to say to people around intuition and connecting with spirit is the more we can honor our human nature, the more we can develop an intimate relationship with our bodies, our sensations, our thoughts, our feelings, our needs, that we then become really open to spirit. So I liken it to this. Mm-hmm. When people come to see me, I, I, I open a door. I said, here, I'm going to open a door. And that door is to everything that you're experiencing. We're so busy shutting doors. We're busy shutting out our anger shutting out our fear, shutting out other people's grief. We're, we're so busy trying to control our environments to keep safe. Mm. 
But that's a survival mecha- that's a survival mechanism. It's not a way to thrive, and it's not a way to connect to spirit. So to me, it's like let's let fear in, let's let discomfort in, let's let discouragement, you know, or sorrow, grief, let it all in. Because the more we let all that in, there's something else that walks in that door, and that's spirit. That's our spirit guardians and our higher self. It, what I want to say is that it's not separate from our human experience. That we don't have to, you know, tackle our human experience down to the ground and have it under control and have it shackled in order to finally be worthy enough for spirit. Hmm. Does that make sense? So connecting with spirit it, it becomes more of an openness than trying to shut things down it becomes an openness is that what you're saying an, an openness an openness it's i love the saying by byron katie about loving what is introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Just loving what is, and it's not easy. We've learned to hate, we've learned to judge, we've learned to discriminate and evaluate right and wrong, bad or good. I went to a dance performance last Saturday and there I was looking at this performance through the evaluating mind until I'm like, Linda, this is not enjoyable. Oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. Like, Stop. And I stopped myself because the evaluating mind is limiting. Mm Mm-hmm. We have this opportunity to see and sense so much more. And if we're deciding, well, no, that's not good. I have to stay behind that door. I'll I'll accept this and allow this. Our our experience becomes very conditional. Mm -hmm. And and there's something that the spirits say in in the book, uh, in Mystical Intimacy, that I just love. And it's that, Love doesn't stop at the door expecting perfection. Love, you know, that what they've taught me, I've put into those words, love doesn't stop. It goes right through. Light doesn't stop. Yes. It goes through the cracks. It goes to the very parts of us that need love, our discomfort, our pain, our hurt, our fear. Lord. And, and I love, you know, whatever shows up, whatever shows up, I look at it and go, oh, 
this too needs love. You know the saying, the Buddha saying, this too shall pass? Yes. Well, I've changed that. I've paraphrased that to, this too needs love. And then that makes sense. Because if... Trying to trying to make sense of things they may not need me need making sense of but but if it if it hurts if there's a pain if there's if there's a joy it still needs needs love yeah every single thing everything it's like a friend that comes to you and upset about something and we instantly we want to fix change give them our opinion. What I've learned in my counseling skills is to listen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember talking to a colleague years ago who would take in a, a, a similar training as me, and she said, oh, if only everybody could learn counseling skills. Really, it comes to if only everyone could learn listening skills, if only everyone could open the door and let all that in. You know, oftentimes we we want we stop people and give our opinion because what we're really saying is stop feeling that way so I don't have to be uncomfortable with you. And and we make our own emotions wrong. And it's the same message: stop feeling whatever we're feeling so we don't have to be uncomfortable with it. Hmm. But to me, opening to spirit, trusting our intuition, and developing this this rich empathy, which is to feel and sense more. And to therefore be more alive, you know, it 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 has to do with really listening, really re- slowing right down, really slowing right down, not filling the gap with our opinions and filling the gap with our need to know. It's it's being so welcoming of the unknown. That's something that that most of us are extremely uncomfortable with. Accepting the un- unknown. I mean, back <laughs> back to our our, our physics e- example. Um, that um, we know about what five percent of of the universe actually does. Mm-hmm. But who is comfortable say? Think about how many people could be comfortable saying that. Um, I only know five percent of 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 what I'm doing. The other ninety five percent, I have no idea of what it, what it is. I know, isn't that crazy? And, so, <laughs> and we would never feel comfortable about saying that. <laughs> I'm an expert. I have to know everything, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I've I've had in workshop participants and and clients, and they. There's that pregnant moment, that moment, you know, where they've shared, and and there's a total blank. They're in, they and I are in a blank, and and I'll just like, yeah, I don't. I'll even admit, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where to go from here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll work with that. Admitting what is is so powerful to be able to admit, I'm afraid of the unknown. I am afraid of the unknown. Totally. Sometimes I wonder how I can channel. It, it's crazy. I, even with, sometimes with my partner and I will have a difficulty. It blows my mind that I can channel when I'm up. I, I'll be upset with him. You know, and there comes, my, I could feel spirit. I'm like, well, I think spirit can help us. <laughs> no, yeah. Spirit can help us with our fear of the unknown. Spirit can help us with whatever we're experiencing. 
and that's not that's our spirit guardians that it's our higher self too and we forget we try to do everything ourselves somehow we're responsible for our, our well-being solely but it's like it's like expecting you know it's like expecting our inner child to know how to navigate new situations in our lives the inner child that's gotten hurt that's you know many of cases been abandoned or you know there's situations where the child um, was helpless and we we project that we bring that to the unknown mm-hmm. you know and how how can those unfamiliar um I know how can how can our conditioned reality know what to do with the familiar? Hmm. It can't. It can't know what to do with the familiar at all. So, what, one of the things that Mass India talks about uh, in the book that we've created here is to stay, to stay curious. How how do you navigate the unknown with curiosity? How do you take your fear by the hand? And step into the unknown with curiosity. And the unknown, we can't get away from it. We can't control life and try to, to try to do everything we can to avoid the unknown because the unknown is ultimately where the answers to our prayers lie, where the fulfillment of our longing lies. It's right. like someone that desires a relationship but is afraid of the unknown, all they're ever going to do is, is repeat the past. They're going to find the same partner that they've had before, this partner that's like mom, like dad, <laughs> you know, right. like their upbringing that's familiar. <laughs> yeah, the, the... Do you worry that poor presentation skills are hurting you? You can captivate your audience with engaging presentations that hit the mark every single time and establish yourself as an authority in your field. Tune in to Confidence Stages Executive Presentation Academy featuring public speaking expert and presentation coach Rosemary Barnes on your favorite podcast networks. When you speak to engage, you speak to succeed. They'll never, they never discover. There could be somebody that's truly beautiful for them, but they won't find them because they they are only only looking in the familiar places and yeah. for the familiar things. Yeah. So when we grow a consciousness, we find more beauty and more life? Mm, I think so. I think so. What's your experience been like? We talk about being an empathic and intuitive and, and, and meeting people. That, you know, it sounds to me like you've been able to connect with people, like, like the conversation we're having, that you may not have. Had you not followed through with even the work that you're doing now, or the connections that you have, or the, you know, it's like I'm I'm curious how it's been for you when you stepped into oh, yeah. the unknown. So, so the, the the known was for me was of course science, and the deeper I got into into that, 
um, into exploration of science, I realized the, the less and less I, I could actually, I could know more and more, but there's so much more that I may never know. And yeah. um, on the intuitive end of things, mm-hmm. um, the... Um, the reason why I got into into interviewing people and things like that is because um, people just, just started telling me, yeah <laughs> people, <laughs> people just started telling me things mm-hmm. I wouldn't even ask I wouldn't even ask the question and they would start yeah. telling me things and yeah. I was like okay so what if what what if I they there's something that they that they want the rest of the world to know but mm-hmm. they don't know how to get it out so yeah. what if i become that medium that helps them get what they need the rest of the world to know out does that make sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's that's yeah. how, how the, the how this whole thing became became what it is for me and how and how i i stay curious through a lot of things that I just know nothing about is like, okay, well, let's open your eyes and see, see what sometimes it's not even open your eyes. I say, you say that because, because that's what the saying is, but it be, it becomes just open you to whatever's yeah. coming. Your senses, your ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what you're describing is synergy. Mm-hmm. And then, that, um, what I'm discovering having this conversation with you is that unknown is not such an unknown after all. It's just not, it's not something that we have a cognitive awareness of. Yeah. But our, our deeper, our, our subconscious is aware of. So the conscious, alert, ego, cognitive, rational mind isn't aware but there's a deeper awareness in our bodies. You know, as a hypnotherapist, I refer to as the unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. But some, some uh, it, that's interchangeable with subconscious mind for some people, so I use both terms. Okay. But it's the, the awareness below the surface, so to speak. Yeah. And, and then part of the unknown is the awareness that we share. And therefore, the interconnections and the possibilities that can unfold from that perspective. And one of the things that I understand is our spirit, let's refer to that as the unknown, okay. is aware is aware of so much more. So our spirit, which we can see is an unknown, because mm-hmm. it's not something that we see in, it's, it's see in concrete and can take photographs of, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I still see that as that our spirit is aware of the unknown. Our spirit is vast and in more than one place at a time. So our spirit is, is aware of possibilities, connections, people that will align, align with our purpose, align with situations that will best serve our purpose and what's wanting to unfold. Okay. And the, and the spirit sends that signal back to the body, not just the mind, but the body, through our senses, through our emotions, 
through our biology, through our energy. And, and oftentimes what happens is when that signal comes back to us, the rational mind can take over and say, well, no, that's not possible because of this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could have that, that inclination, that message that like, oh, well, I could be a, a medium. I can help people connect through this. And, oh, I love conversations. Or, or I, I love this way of sharing. This is a medium for me, too, you, you may have the thought. But then the rational mind kicks in and says, yeah, but... I've never done this before. I don't know how to do this or this or that, or I don't know. I'm not so good with technology. I mean, I don't know if that was your process, but it, it can be mm-hmm. for some people. And then we set, we, we set bars in a way. We decide what's not possible. And I had that experience just recently when I was looking for a place to do uh, um, a group channeling. I'm going to be doing a full weekend retreat because in my experiences, that's where transformation occurs. It's when we do this work uh, together in a group. Right. And so I was looking for places and I kept coming up against um, obstacles, like places that were just too pricey for want to make this affordable for people and this and that. It was one thing after another and I started finding myself even thinking in terms of limitations. I can't do this because, I can't do that because, and over and over again and I, I I caught myself like, oh, I'm just seeing the limitations. Yeah, and you know when you when you when all when you perceive limitations, if you pay really close attention, there's going to be a simultaneous contraction through the body. When we perceive through fear and limitations, we send a signal to the body. Mm-hmm. It's actually a sound. It's a sound wave, but it's an internal sound wave that. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Then affects the nervous system and it triggers, it triggers the adrenals. It activates the flight or fight symptom, um, 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 hormones and puts us in a state of survival. Wow. 
that state of survival is like closing that door. We're not open to our feelings. We're not open to our experience. We're operating out of what some p- people refer to as the amygdala part of the brain, the primitive brain. Mm-hmm. We're, and we're not really operating out of consciousness at all. And so to become consciously aware of that is something I teach, and that's in my book. To become consciously aware of our experience is so important. So for me to become consciously aware of, oh, I'm up, I'm thinking a limited thought. It's mm-hmm. affecting my body this way, that way. It's like, oh, I've got some, you know, tension in through my chest, the shoulder, neck, and pain. It's like, you know, it's like, well, is, is this really what's wanting to happen? Is it is this limitation what's wanting to happen? Am I supposed to let go of this um, retreat idea? And I got no. Like, oh, all right. What's wanting to happen? And the more I meditated on that, and I, I say meditate, I didn't go in. I, I just brought my thoughts back to my body, back to my awareness, mm-hmm. back to my experience. I started feeling an excitement for a group. Like oh. What's wanting to happen is excitement. Oh, well, it's really different than fear. Yeah, it is. So do you, yeah. do, do you kind of have, um, when you, you're talking about this whole retreat and everything, do you have a process that teaches people how to recognize, recognize it, that the limitation in how to... Uh, I don't want to necessarily overcome, but maybe adapt or, or change the, the way, to, I guess that's what it is, change the way they're seeing the limitation so that it becomes not a closed door, but an open door. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the, two, there's two processes. That's a fantastic question. You know, but thank you for asking that. I think you, I love your questions because you're thinking, you have your readership, your listeners in mind, not readership, your listeners in mind, and really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things, the main thing, the main thing is a witnessing self. It's self-observation with non-judgment. It's, mm-hmm. it's stepping back, stepping back, and observing our experience. And... One of the ways that I do that is I teach something that I refer to as the steps. And, um, and, and your viewers, if they want to go onto my website, and, and I, my opt-in gift is I, I send those steps, and I also um, I, I, I create a weekly oracle message. I call it the Oracle Doors, which is so much fun to receive in your inbox. But this, the steps, I'll tell you here, an abbreviation, uh, format is it's 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 called steps as S T E P S. So S for sensations, T for thoughts, E for emotions, P for presence, and the last S is for self nurturing, self soothing. So the the way to do this, these steps, think of it as self observation steps. Is whatever's going on. Just stop and go, what are my body sensations? You're in an argument. Your boss has given you more to do in your week, and you're just like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to keep up. Um, Kids haven't picked up after themselves. Whatever is going on, what's your body sensation? That's going to help you come back from the reactive mind, the primitive mind, into the conscious mind, because you're becoming consciously aware of your sensation. And then... What's your thought? What's the thought associated with that? 
You think, oh, uh, I'm, I, I'm getting too much work. My boss is giving me too much work. Okay, that's the thought. What's the emotion connected to that? Fear, afraid I can't handle this or angry that I'm not being treated fairly, whatever that is. And then peace of presence. And presence could be from zero to ten, what's my stress level here? One of the questions sometimes I ask myself is, like, how old am I in this? If I'm having a reaction, how old am I? Because I, I'm probably not at my mature age. I'm probably three, four, six, you know. Hmm. Uh, or I'm projecting something te- from 10 years ago. But it feels so great to be able to become consciously aware of that. Because it helps us make different choices in the present. And one of those choices is the self-soothing part. You know, the self-soothing part may be to go to the manager, the boss, and saying, look, I've got this and this and this as a priority. I don't know how I'm going to be able to manage the other thing that you're adding. Self-soothing could be as simple as um, being in a difficult conversation and putting your hand on your arm and holding your hands, but becoming aware of that connection point. Mm-hmm. And it may seem like super simple, like, oh, okay, well, but I, I do this, I do this more than once a day. I do this regularly. I, and I have my, I, oh my goodness, I had a session not a lot long ago. And I did this work with a client a number of times. And this one session, she told me, she turned around and says, wow, this mode of communication is helping me with my marriage. I've slowed down. I'm reacting so much less. And I'm able to see where people are coming from. You know, I'm, I'm not, there's so much less conflict in my life because I'm making these other different choices. And, and she's able to have compassion for people, whereas before she would have just been mad. Mm-hmm. So she's more really powerful. Into, yeah, that that is powerful, and so you're teaching people to be in tune with everything around them. In tune with everything around them, and themselves, and themselves. And the way that I'm doing that is, uh, it's, it's like even it's it's through teaching, but supporting them in their experience. Mm-hmm. And that's how I wrote my book. I, I share the teachings of Mass India and my own through my experience of channeling and being a healer mm-hmm. and counselor. But I also share stories. Some of them are my own friends, colleagues. Some of them are my clients. And I've, I've changed names for privacy. Um, I, I wrote the book that way to create a kind of um, tangible experiential way of learning mm-hmm. because that's how that's how our bodies absorb information yeah we we learn through experience yeah uh, you you're reminding me of, the, of 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 something that was taught to me that um there's no such thing as a good or a bad experience it just mm-hmm. is and it's something that you use to help build you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that saying. And I, I got a lesson in that. Um, 
a couple of years ago, um, my partner and my husband and I went to Chile, and we uh, met up with a friend there that was there, and she welcomed us in her home. It was such a beautiful experience, and at one point, my husband and I went off to the Lake District, we went off on our own, and, and we were on a road trip, and we got lost. And I had a panic. I'm like, oh, no, we took the wrong turn. We're in the city. We never didn't want to be in the city. Where are we going? And it took us like three hours to figure our way out of that. And and my evaluating mind was telling me uh, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at navigating. My evaluating mind was, you know, telling me that we're, you know, there's just one negative thing after another. And I unravel that afterwards as we found our way through this. And my husband and I both looked at how we handled it. Like There was a panic. There was a self-judgment, blah, blah, blah. But there was also the resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. There was also the intuition that kicked in. And afterwards, when I told my Chilean friend, we, we got lost and this is what happened, she laughed. I just said, great. What do you mean great? It's so wonderful you got lost. Like, uh, uh, wonderful, we got lost. I says, yeah, because you learned so much in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's such a different way of thinking, especially in North America. We're so trained to evaluate. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But to, to soften that, to, and, and I, want, I say this to people, we can't control judgment. We can't control evaluating mind. We can't control emotions. But what we can do is step back and observe them. And by stepping back and observing them, we see and sense so much more, and therefore we are more resourceful. We can make more conscious choices. Yeah. I, I see see how that again we're we're setting aside the the not it's a I guess it's one one of the things that you hear so many times in people who are coaching others that that you have to set aside the limitations. You're actually not telling people to set aside the limitation. You're asking them to just look beyond that that limitation or look at the limitation differently so that so that something else opens up so you can move forward or move not maybe not move forward but move in a direction that 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 leads you to where you're going yeah that leads to where you're going yes to 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 not to not bypass limitation to not override the limitation because i'm curious what message to limitation holds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what happens is we're, we're quick to, we're quick, again, quick to make it right or wrong, quick to override, quick to control, but I just want to slow down to discover whatever that limitation is, what's its message. Mm-hmm. It might be telling us that there's something that we need to say no to, it, it might be telling us what direction to take back to that direction. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, you're, if you're in a job and you've been giving too much work, for instance, like you're just being a, a huge load of work and it's going to require for you to do overtime during the week and you're, and you're feeling taxed, 
but you override that limitation, then at the end of the week, you might end up having an immune issue. <laughs> you, know, you might have a cold. You might, then you can't work the next week, and then the business that your company you're in now has a bigger problem because now you're not able to even attend work. Right. So I want, I just trust that limitation, trust the fear, but not over-identifying with it. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm getting a bit complicated here, but let me, um, yeah, it's, it's, we can become so, so attached, so, um, identified with limitation that it defines every aspect of our lives. Okay. And rather of tuning into what we really want in life. And I'm using, right. I'm, I don't know, for, for some reason I'm using the worker as a, as a metaphor, but if, if we're just struggling with the limitation, I can't do this, I can't do that, this, the only way I can do this is this and this and that, we're not tuning in and, and really expressing what we want and what will make us thrive in life. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the worker is, is a is a good metaphor because even even with the the bunches of entrepreneurs that may be listening to this show, um, mm-hmm. how many times do they overload themselves? It is like, oh well, they take on, they go and they take on that 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 next client, even though they're feeling taxed. Yeah. They still go ahead and take it on because, oh, no, I have to have this because of whatever X, Y, Z that they're they're trying to achieve when if they look at things just slightly differently, as you're saying, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. they might see, oh, wait, there's a path here that leads to the same place. But I went so I went through something instead of. Instead of bypassing something, yeah. So you're saying it's yeah. better to go through. It sometimes it's just better to go through something. It's better to go through it, and it leads to opportunities that we don't realize in the present vantage point. And I love that you bring it back, the entrepreneur, um, because this is valid for everyone. I knew uh, I have some friends that um, have a web business, and they were jumping over backwards for their clients for the longest time. Mm-hmm. You know, working overtime, working weekends, working this and that, it always last minute fix and this and 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 not setting boundaries. And they have all kinds of reasons as to why in their business that you can't do that. You have to. The client's needs come first. And yet I knew of another coach that had a similar business years years ago who set a boundary with a client. And she had said, this is a long weekend. I'm with family. You're giving me a, you're giving me a deadline. You should have given to me a week ago. Mm-hmm. And start putting a boundary. I will be able to complete this you know, Tuesday when I'm back in the office. And started to set that criteria limit with all of her clients. And initial, initially it was a huge hiccup with that one client, but it developed a better working relationship in the long run. And back to the unknown factor here, little did she know that that would lead her to making um, 
changes with that initial client, it would lead her client and her into a new project together that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Because she would have always been perceived as um, a worker, as someone that jump when you say jump. She would always been perceived as um, a task um, um, master rather than um, um, a, a, a business savvy or or um, as a coach or perceived. She would she just would have perceived in a much more limited way because she would have been operating out of limitation. Hmm. Now that's that. That is a very interesting th- thought. So she stopped operating with from out of limitation and started being in. And she she set a boundary and it created mm-hmm. a whole new aspect to to her business in a new in a new view of herself. Completely. Completely. So initially, the, there was there was a limitation. Her limitation of time. Mm-hmm. She didn't have the time to do this work for a client. She would have had to disappoint her family, and she would have been angry and upset about it. And she would have been operating out of anger and upset, not out of joy in the work that she does. Mm-hmm. And she would have made that decision out of fear of losing a client. So there's that limitation, which is based in fear sending a fear perception to the body, robbing the body of resources. But she made a different decision. She chose to say no to her client. It was a challenging situation that followed. client was very unhappy with her. But meanwhile, in the long run, that client learned to have respect for her. That respect led to the client um, then at a later point um, um, requiring a service from uh, from her that was more advanced, that was more coach related, that was that and that was much more fulfilling. Wow! So the the moral of the story is 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 um, accept the fear and move beyond. <laughs> Because it sounded like she but, she she was afraid to she, at first she was afraid to speak up about the the long weekend and being with family. Yeah, and then she saw beyond that. She saw and and not initially. Initially, she just said no. Mm-hmm. That's all she did. But by saying no, she said yes to something else. That it it took a number of months for that to unfold and develop. It took a number, and 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 from on then she became a person that was a spokesperson and taught other people how to honor themselves in their work life. But oftentimes we don't do that because we're afraid of losing a client or we're afraid of losing our job. I know so many employees that don't speak up at work, but meanwhile, they don't create the change they need in their work environment. Hmm. They don't. They they stay with the familiar, which is fear based. They're and, and the familiar is they're not happy in their work. Yeah, I've known. known uh, you're talking about the uh, the employee worker, and I've known a few that 
they would always say, well, I keep getting looked over for this or I keep getting looked over for that. I've been around longer and I should have been been thought of for, for that new position or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they become upset when you simply say, well, did you make it with make it known that you wanted to move beyond where you are? Yeah. Did you take enough initiative, which would mean moving past, moving through the fear of speaking mm-hmm. up and speaking up and saying, yeah, I would want that. And say, exactly. And, and they said, it's, no, I, why would, why would I do that? I don't need to, they should just know. It's like, and we, we treat our relationships that way. Uh-huh. But even relationships need guidance. We need uh-huh. to step in and ask for what we want. And uh, I love that you brought that up. Because it reminds me of something that Mass India has taught me. They say, they say that we can have whatever we want. Mm-hmm. We really can have whatever we want. Just like the, the, the idea asking it is given. We can have whatever we want. But in order to have what we want, we need to know what we want. We need to know it. And in order to know what we want, we need to value what we want, which requires self-value. And unless we value ourselves, how, how can others do that? How can they join us? Right. If we're not valuing ourselves, we're, not, we're, we're emitting a, free, uh, a signal in our, in, our, in our aura that's limiting. We're, le- we're letting the employer know, we're letting our clients know that this is all, all, all are we're worth. Right. So they're going to join us where we are, and we're we 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 only receive what we believe we can receive. And so, one of the biggest teachings in my book, Mystical Intimacy, has to do with connecting back with our longing. And many people override the longing. They try to shut out the longing. They, they think of longing as pining. Mm-hmm. But take the pining out of desire, and what you're left with is a rich experience, a, an intimate experience of what you want in life. Hmm. So let's say, let's say you want a relationship. You've been yearning for a relationship. You're telling the universe you're ready for a relationship. And you're not finding a relationship. So what happens is that there's a moment that niggly, yummy, mm, oh, it'd be so lovely to have a partner in my life, but, but, I don't know where I'm going to find somebody. I don't know where I'm going to meet someone. There's all these buts that come in. It's like, let's say you have a re- desire for a relationship. You're walking down the street. You see a couple, hand in hand. It's like, oh, mm, I love that. I'd love that in my life. Oh, but my ex really treated me poorly. Or I can't believe how bad it's been for me. I'm just so unlucky. So that kind of thinking cancels out. Now you have this rich, beautiful, yummy moment that can be so nourishing and it can send signal through the body that is rejuvenating, which can strengthen your, your whole aura, your magnetic frequency to what you really want in life. But 
you cancel it out with the negativity. You cancel it out with the lack of self-belief. Right. So the key is to stay in touch with the longing a little longer. Mm-hmm. The moment we try to actualize it, the more we try to force reality, try to make something happen, we've lost touch, we've abandoned our longing. It's like yeah. that, that, the example that I said earlier about I was looking for a group space, looking retreat center, but I kept coming up to like, no, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. That does, you know, limitation, limitations. And I was really trying to make something happen until I stop, stop, come back to my longing, back to my desire. Like, oh, that desire to connect, desire to be in a group with people that are, you know, like-minded, kind-hearted, that really want to learn from each other and support one another. And I started getting excited. A few days later, I found a place. Born of that excitement. Right. It all came together. The key is to stay connected. Stay connected. If you're going to have a conversation with someone, and you know, mm, likeliness, this can be a difficult conversation, come back to, what's your desire? Connection. Mm-hmm. What are you longing for? Peace and wonderment. So the moment you go to defend yourself, you stop. Because that's not a matching frequency to your desire for connection. Right. Okay, so we're starting to run out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just thought at the time too. Yeah, <laughs> we, so, I can go on and on. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, there's a there's a lot locked in there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so what are the best ways for people to find you and to work with you? Thank you for asking that. Um, best way through my website, mm-hmm. which is lindanardelli.com. That's, uh, I'll just spell out my name, Linda with an I, Nardelli, there's two L's. Um, and uh, what I do, I've, I've coined body-soul integration. Uh, it's uh, a method of counseling that is body-centered, it's somatic as well as therapeutic. And I combine that with hypnotherapy, energy healing, and channeling. And the best way to describe what the channeling looks like is it's it's like I'm co-facilitating with another therapist, but in this case, it's spirit that speaks directly through me. Mm-hmm. I'm a conduit. I, I, uh, it's not that I get a message and then I relate it back. They literally speak through me. Uh, and I'm part of it. I can hear what's being said. And because of that, I'm able to stay conscious in the work and weave different healing modalities and tune into people in a very intuitive way. Wow. What happens for people is they often just feel so seen and heard mm-hmm. and, and understood. I think that there's, there's, we have fundamental needs. Um, there's a fella by the name of uh, Jason Gaddis that uh, is uh, the founder of what he calls the Relationship School, and he teaches that we have four fundamental needs, the, the need for safety, to be seen, soothed, and supported. 
Mm-hmm. So that's I bring to my work, and I help people find how they can have those needs met in their lives. So that's one of the ways through private sessions. Yeah. I also do workshops, and I have one coming up at the end of November. It's a full weekend retreat, so it's Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And in my experience, uh, retreats, um, uh, it's a residential, so you have accommodations and food, and you're there that whole time together as a group, is so powerful, so powerful. And the other way is to read my book, Mystical Intimacy. And, and mystical intimacy, it's, it's all about developing a conscious relationship between our spirit and human nature, and it's learning to work with the sacredness of our human nature. Right. And I think yeah. that's an important thing to remember, the sacredness of, of our human nature. So, anyway, thank you for joining us today. It's been thank you. a wonderful and revealing conversation. Um, so, I do encourage everybody to go, uh, go find Linda at her website and find her book mystical intimacy and you know and reach out to her um with with the curious mind and the curious body and soul and work with her it's it's gonna i'm sure this it'll be uh an immense amount of fun and you'll learn lots about who it is who it is that you are and who it is that you truly want and should be. So thank you, Linda. My pleasure and my honor. Thank you. All right. So we'll talk to everybody later. This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.